So we started a couple weeks ago, um, we, we talked about this idea of, of homecoming a little bit. We started talking about that um, and, and looked at the lens of, again, uh, it was actually through John in his prologue to his gospel where um, he talks about Jesus coming and, and making a home among us. But the, the language that he used was this language of tabernacling, tent building. It's a unique kind of imagery. And so we kind of unpacked that a little bit together. I want to take us a bit further forward into that conversation because as, as we've gathered and as I've um, listened, both with, um, you know, with, with the elders and, and board and just in general, and trying to discern, okay, like what, you know, what's the focus for us this year? There has been the sense of like that God wants to establish in us a sense of home, a sense of belonging, a sense of place, um, and that's a challenge for us because I know that we have a um, tenuous relationship in some ways with this with this room that we're in, with the place that we gather in. Um, it serves us really well in lots of ways, and is a challenge in lots of other ways, right? Um, and so we're open to this idea that God may lead us physically to a new location, a place that we can kind of put out, you know, that, as they say, hang out a shingle, right? Like kind of say, this is where we're at. And that would be great. But even if that does not happen, God wants us to step into that sense of, of homecoming, I think. I think that's really important, that there be a, a settling into um, uh, some of the things that home provides for us. I've been thinking about that a lot um, this, this week in particular, uh, but just over the last little while. Uh, what, is, what does it mean to be home? And what's our relationship to it? I'm, I'm going to try to thread a needle a little bit this morning um, because how many of you know that the Bible it has a complicated relationship with, with our home? with our place of, of residence spiritually, right? It's, it's a little bit of a complicated story in the scriptures because um, it's, all, it's laced through all the promises of the whole story. I mean, there's always this sense of invitation, God calling people to places, God calling people to inheritance, um, and, and kind of there's a tether in terms of the promises of God to the sense of being uh, like terra firma, right? Like the ground under my feet, this is something that's woven into the scriptures profoundly. Um, and then in the New Testament particularly, we start to get a bit of a change of tone with regards to the language of home. And so we have things like, you know, the earth is not my home. I mean, that's not a Bible passage, but, um, you know, this is a sensibility that's sort of been in the church, Right? And it exists because of some scripture that we're going to look at briefly, but I don't want to get too far down that rabbit hole this morning. I just want to touch on it a little bit, um, but really kind of reflect on, on something a bit more practical to us. You know, but just to acknowledge that, um, you know, we, we do have this tenuous relationship. We are caught in an in-between place. Right, we are. This is part of what it means to follow Jesus right now. Is that it's unto something. There is something that we cannot see that we are part of, and we have faith for and believe for. Right. So I believe on my best days. I believe that I am a citizen of heaven. Right. And and I try to act out that way in 
you know, I mean, that's largely a, 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 I, I don't find that I win a lot in that because it's a challenge, right? Because my actual home, I mean, at this point, we live at 258 Ottawa Street South, you know, in Kitchener, right? That's our address. That's our, that's our home. We had, uh, we don't know for sure, but we think there were six gunshots fired <laughs> this week <laughs> um, down the road, you know, and that, so we, we have this, you know, that's, that's not a great feeling in terms of our neighborhoods. Um, so we have a tenuous relationship with where we're planted. Um, there's a hymn. It's sort of a, it's, I can't quite tell if it's a country song or if it's a hymn. I think it was written initially as a country song and kind of got pulled into the church. It's by this guy, Albert uh, Broomley, and it was written in the early, uh, uh, early 1900s, I think. And the lyrics go like this. The world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up. Somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. And there's a terrible little at Nashville that kind of crept into my voice there that I should not have done. I should have avoided that. It was a bad call. There's a Nashville writer, though. Right, and, and, and so... This is something that we that has been sung in lots of churches, and uh, and what I just kind of want to acknowledge is that I think that this is not helpful. I think that it's not a terribly helpful framework for how we engage the world around us. Um, it comes out of Hebrews thirteen is kind of I think, and you know, no disrespect to the writer, um, you know, we all have our times and emphases and things, but for us today. You know, we can have a heavenly-minded thing that says, well, heaven is my home, which is what the lyric says. My home is not here. And so really, I just need to focus on that thing. I don't, you know, I can disengage from the world around me. And, um, and that's, just not, that's just not our lane. I know that that's not our lane. It's also, it has problems with scripturally too. It's, it's not actually... We'll talk about that someday. I don't want to go too far down, again, the rabbit hole of, like, what does it look like in the end, right? I don't exactly know, but I know it's not, like, cream cheese and clouds, right, with little harps and white gowns. That's not, that's not what it looks like. I'm certain of that. So Hebrews 13 is where um, this world is not my home kind of framework comes from, I think, best of my, to the best of my ability to deduce And it says this, Therefore, to sanctify the people by his own blood, um, Jesus also suffered outside the camp. We must go out to him then, outside the camp, bearing the abuse that he experienced. For we have, or for this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. And uh, I am pulling this a little bit out of context. Uh, This is actually what the sacrifice of Jesus is what this passage is referring to. It, it's, it's, it's speaking to something more broadly, but there's this, there's this sort of phrase, and some of our translations say that specific thing. They say, for this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. And, um, and that's particularly the NLT. Now, 
you know, most other translations, a lot of other translations talk about we don't have a lasting city, but we seek a city that is to come. And when we look at the arc of the Bible and the story of the Bible, there's this kind of massive theme that where God breathes life into us in a garden, and there's this long trajectory towards the city of God, right? That comes down out of heaven and, and, and kind of puts its roots into the foundations of a new creation, of a new earth. And we have this as part of our body as well. And so this is, I think, what it's really pointing to. And again, that's one day I'm looking, to, I'm looking forward to talking about that city because it's this spectacular image that is beyond really our ability to even comprehend. Even, even just the metrics of it are, are crazy. But it's important to know that this is not really about our home. It's not, it's not about the place that we, that we lie. It's speaking into a system, that passage. And it's saying the systems of the world, that's not our, this is, this is not where we find our peace. This is not our association. This is not our set of laws. This, you know, there's, Jesus, Jesus has shifted this story and he's pulled us out outside of that city, and so we follow him. So Jesus becomes, in this passage, kind of our center, but there's this lead forward, right? So there's this tension, and that's where we find ourselves caught in. A couple of other passages that speak to the overarching sense of what the Bible, how the Bible frames our our sense of belonging, our sense of home, our sense of what nation are we part of, um, we further in John, in chapter 14, um, as Jesus is, is starting to speak more specifically about um, what's, you know, about his crucifixion, about um, his resurrection, he starts to lay this out, and, and he says, my, he's speaking to his disciples, and he says, my father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, I would have I told you, Right? And I'm going to this place to prepare it for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place that I'm going. And then he goes on to say, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Right? You're going to come through me. Jesus, Jesus says this. There's this whole, it's, it's an amazing passage where Jesus essentially reveals the heart of the Father right through his own person. But this, again, is something that anchors us into a promise, right, that's not locational. But he speaks to, he's, he strikes that chord of your home. I'm, your home is, is, is kind of out there. 2 Corinthians 5, verses 1 to 5, says this, For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. But meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. Because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God who has given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. 
I find this to be a particularly helpful passage because it speaks to two homes. This idea of living in these bodies that we are in is tense. And the, the invitation forward into a permit, into the sense of permanence, right? The, 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 what God is preparing for us. And, you know, and we are caught, I mean, I, you know, this week, um, I, I was doing so good with my health. Liv has been struggling for like almost two weeks with this cold, and I felt like I had licked it because it, uh, it just, it's, a, it's a sneaky one, right? And so this week, though, I really felt it in my body. I felt the limitations again in my body. I felt, you know, I have uh, really bad arthritis in my one knee that I've been managing really well uh, for months. And, uh, and this week, I just continually found myself... This morning, it's actually better again, but just limping and feeling weak and feeling the limitations of my tent and that sense of longing. You know, and so I think that our experience together in a lot of ways as the body of Christ, it is like a tabernacling kind of a thing. It is a tenting kind of a experience, right? Um, we don't really know permanence in the sense, I mean, some of us, a very few of us maybe are, anybody's living in the home that you grew up in? Like, this is not an experience that we are familiar with, right? How many of us have moved more than five times, Right? How many of us have, have actually gone like translocal where, we, where we've changed from one political system to another political system in our journeys? Right? So there's something that is, we have this relationship with home. It shifts. It changes constantly for us. And that's the kind of thing that I think I see woven in this. There's a journey that's inherent, right? And our, but our tether, is to some, our tether is to something that's eternal, what we see around us in our relationship with the, with the homes that we build, they are signposts for us in their healthiest iterations. They're, it's a signpost for us of what our eternal connection to what God is building, that home, what that is. So what I really want to say here before I move into the important bit is to say that no matter what we do, no matter what kind of structures we might build or places of belonging we might have, we're not castle builders. We're not, we're not going to build as a church. You know, it doesn't matter what happens to us in terms of numbers or any of that kind of thing. We're not here to build fortresses. We're not here to build castles. There's something that's fundamentally temporary about our relationship to the things that are around us, to the accoutrements of, of the home life, let's say. Right? So, so that is good news for us right now. It's good news for us because, um, even, because right now we have this sense of transience that's here. We're setting up, you know, we, we, whatever we do to make this place home, we have to do that same thing every week, right? So if we have time, we set up the trees with the lights that make it feel a little bit more homey, you know, or whatever. Whatever sorts of things we might do to create that sense of home that invites us forward, um, there's something very temporary for us right now. And so, you know, we can take 
heart in the fact that that's consistent. That's consistent with the biblical invitation to what it means to anchor and center for time. Because, well, our home may not be up there in the sky someday. Our home is tethered to Christ and the work of Christ and something that's forward. So, um, there are three things that I think are are expressions of home that I think are eternal, that we can move in the rhythms of right now. And I think it's part of what we're called to right now. Um, Because I think that we are called to be a home. Right? We we are called as a people to be a home. One of my favorite things when I... Now, this is not specific to the vineyard, but it's my experience, and so... I'm going to sh- this is not like it's just about the vineyards um, that feel this way. And I know not everyone necessarily would say this, but when I get to travel and hang out with uh, the broader tribe, so other vineyard pastors or whoever, worship leaders and stuff, sometimes it'll come up, you know, how did you, how did you find your way into, into a vineyard church, right? And a very common story is this. Uh, you know, I grew up in whatever setting, whatever denomination, you know, I had this whole history, and it was a whole scat of places, not from, you know, it, it didn't really matter, but there was, there was some other place, and there was a rustle, and then I walked in through the doors of a vineyard church, and I just knew I was home. I just felt like I'd come home, right? I, I long for us to be that. That's part of the, the, the flavor of the gospel, Right? Um, and it's important for us to, to intentionally desire that, to be a home for people. It's not about the vineyard. That's just, that's just the surface thing. It doesn't, it's about this group of people being a home. So what are the three things that I think of? These came to mind for me as I was thinking about, what does it, what does it mean? Because, well, I'll say this. I, Liv and I have friends in uh, Winnipeg. We met them in the last six months of our time out there, I think. Paul and Sherry was within six months, right? Of moving, something like that. Anyway, and um, uh, there was just an instant connection. It was so easy, just instant friendship. Really, really weird. Doesn't happen very often. And, uh, you know, so we moved away fairly quickly after we met them. We moved back to Ontario. and But just there's been a, a sustained relationship there, sustained friendship, Right? Um, and whenever I go to Winnipeg, or whenever we go to Winnipeg, for that matter, uh, we always stay at Paul and Sherry's place, right? Always. And um, I remember, in fact, the first time we we went there, they've got, they've got a pretty nice home, and uh, walked in, and it's actually a very nice home. Um, we walked in, and there was just something about it that felt like I can I can let down my guard here. This is, a, this is a good place. This is a safe place. And it didn't hurt that Paul, in particular to me, said, Mi casa es su casa. My home is your home. And so as I've been kind of trying to unpack this, what does it mean to be that? What does it mean to express that? I've kind of used that as, as my quite like, what, what is that thing? Because I want us to be that thing. So when he walks in and they go, oh, I can let go of my 
pretense, I, right? I'm safe here. So, here are things. This is just me reflecting. Um, I think a, a home is a place where we have a place. Right? We walk into a place and, and there's a table and there's a chair for us. It's a place of belonging. I think that that's a really crucial and important thing. Um, you know, I often, like, in your homes, respectively, do you guys have, like, chairs that you sit in pretty consistently? It's kind of the way we are. It's kind of the way we are. You know, what is it? what does that look like? I want to ask the question. And I want to ask these questions for all of these three things. I want to, I want to look at it with two lenses. What, what does it look like for us to do that for one another? So when we see somebody come in, we are creating a place where they feel like they have a place. It, amongst us, right? That's one, that's one level of the conversation. And then the next level of the conversation is when somebody walks in, and, and walks in kind of cold, like they don't know this place. What does it look like for us to, where they walk in and they go, oh, not in a creepy way, but I have a place here, right? A place that gives us a place of belonging. I think that's really important. It's really hard to do, you guys. Because the other thing about our homes, it's a challenge. How many of you guys know what the color of your walls are? Some of you do because you're really in that zone. But you know, okay, I, I did that wrong. You know the expression, it's just wallpaper, right? Um, we had this place in, uh, when we were in Winnipeg. Um, we were renting a main floor of a house, and we walked in, and this, the, in the kitchen was this ugly, pukey, green, neon wall that had not had enough coats, and it was awful. We walked in and we're like, that's got to go immediately. But we didn't get a chance to really do it, take care of it. And within a month, Liv might be different, but I only ever saw it when we had people over for dinner. (laughs) So we have to be aware because when when we become comfortable with our place, it can be really difficult to create places for others to come and step into that. Right? We have to be intentional and mindful of that. Right? Now, talking in terms of community. Okay. Here's a really interesting thing. A home is a place where we know where we are. I used to think that the opposite of being lost was being found. But it's actually not quite. It's just a step on the way. The opposite status, like state of being lost is actually being at home. Right? Somebody's lost at sea. They get discovered by, you know, we watched a movie a little while ago, somebody gets lost at sea, but they get discovered by a freighter. Are they home yet? No, they've been found, but they don't step into their skin fully until they're in their home. And so I thought that was a really interesting thing to contemplate. Because we love that language. I once was lost, now I'm found. I once was lost, now I'm home. What does that look like for us? I want to ask that question. 
right? So that when we are tethered to the things of the kingdom, that becomes our place of residence, that becomes our home, that becomes our sense of being found. And the other thing about home is that in, in our homes, that's the place where we have authority. And I don't mean that in like an overarching, I'm going to take authority over blah, blah, blah um, kind of thing. I mean that I can't walk into Brady and Teresa's place and, and, and sit down and then invite all of, you know, the, the dude that I met on the corner. I can't invite him to come and sit down and take a seat in Brady and Teresa's home. That would be weird. And inappropriate. <laughs> That's the kind of authority I mean. Right? From our place of... So when we have a sense of home, when we cultivate a sense of home, we have, we have that authority to do that. Now, if we step into a mi casa es su casa, my castle is your castle, my home is your home, sort of thing, it starts to change a little bit. Uh, speaking again of Paul and Sherry, I was staying at their place and they had to go away somewhere. And I, and this was totally appropriate, but there was a sense of, there was a sense to which I was able to host out of that place. Right? And so as a community, what does that look like? If we anchor, if we have a sense, if we've built that sense of home, suddenly we have authority in this place. We have the rights, we have the whatever language you want to use to extend hospitality, right? And without that, if we do not have that, we cannot be a hospitable people. So this is really important. This is a really important piece, and it's how we identify, it's how we think about the space, it's how we invest in it. You know, because we invest in, particularly with regards to our hospitality, um, and exercising that sense of, of, you know, this is my place, that's to do with how we, how we decorate it, what kind of a space we're creating together. There's a sense of ownership in that. So, the things that we can anchor onto, hold tight to, that are not ambiguous to us in terms of, like I said, this threading the needle of where is our home? What does our home look like in the kingdom? What I, what I believe the things that are not ambiguous is that w- we can have a place where we have a place. A place of belonging. We can be a people, a place where, where we know where we are, where we are, where we're home. We're not lost. We're the opposite of lost. We're home. I believe that's part of what we can tap into now. Right? The positive what, of what heaven looks like. It's a place where we have authority to be hospitable, to we have ownership. Now, I didn't say security. I could have said security. Home is, this is and this is part of the challenge. Um, because how many of you know that if you have an insecure home, if your home does not feel secure, it feels less like home, doesn't it? You, you lose some of those, you lose some of those things we were just talking about. 
if your house doesn't feel safe, if it doesn't feel secure. And this is, again, where we start to step, step into a place of tension, right? Because that, in that passage that we read earlier where Jesus, you know, where they're talking about, um, it's not Jesus saying it, but um, describing that, that, you know, Christ had to be crucified out this, outside of the city, and so we need to go meet him out there too, right? There is a sense of call outward, and there is a sense of instability and tension, Right when we open the doors, and that's the challenge. That's, I mean, if you look at if I, I don't want to go too again, just for the sake of time, but like the way that God treats His home is crazy, you guys. It's crazy the way God treats His home. Right, He lets He lets the worst of us in. The very worst of us get let in. We sang that song this morning. That's part of why I love that song. The very worst of us get invited into that place. Right? How does God treat his house? Right? So how do we get, how do we get there? Because this, this all of a sudden pulls us into tension again. Because I really love those three things. I love the idea of being those three things. But if we're going to step into the mission of Jesus, we're going to create a sense of of risk, right? Because it's because it's actually not safe. It's not safe to follow God. I mean, hear that generously. So, here's what I want to say. We're, we we are wrapping. We're getting close here. Um, you guys know, I think, probably many of us that. Home can be a place, but not always. It doesn't have to be a place. Um, I can't think of a specific example, but you know, there's sort of the romantic comedy world, the movie world, the romance thing. And there's the there's sort of the it's a little bit cliche, but you know, one person looks into the eyes of their love and says, My home is where you are. <laughs> right? Um, but here's the thing. How many of you guys know that that's true? Right? That it is actually, like, that's, it's so, we, we, we tend to bound our sense of home around place, but we tend to, but what creates that home are often, often other things. Often people. Right? Um, and so this is, like, at the risk of, of, of creating a bumper sticker kind of slogan, This holds together in Jesus. This holds together in Christ. When when Christ is our home. Again, like, gosh, I can't get more bumper sticker than that. But I think it's actually fundamentally the, the truth, right? When we have a place of belonging, you know, Ephesians 2, now I'm... Uh, I want to throw this so these, I want to caveat this. These passages are a little bit out of context, but I think that the way I'm using them is fair. Like I don't like just grabbing little snippets of scripture to sort of say, well, this proves this and this proves that. So feel free to reference these or whatever. But I think, I think it's fair to say that, that these are speaking into the direction of what I'm sharing. So Ephesians 2.13 says this, But now you belong to Jesus Christ. At one time you were far from God. Now you have been brought close to him. 
we have a place in Jesus. Again, another slogan, but it's true. A home in Christ. A place where we know where we are, the opposite of being lost. Philippians 3.9 says that we are found in Christ. This is part of the language that it's, it's pulling in, this, this idea of being identified, being found. And the authority of hospitality, Matthew 25, um, 33 and 36 says this, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. It's a super famous passage, right? The authority for hospitality to step in. It's really, this is a Christ-centric home. He's building it. He's inviting us to it. We don't know what the final iteration of it is, but the rhythms of it, the things that we can, the signposts that we can invest in that point towards that, that model that, that invite that. I think when we put those through the lens of Jesus and express that together, we are home. At that point, we can say, truthfully in the tension, but we are home. We have created a home. Is it a tenting home? Yes, absolutely. Is it a permanent home? Not at all. Is it the place where we find ourselves? Yes. Is it the place where we can invite people into? Yes. Right. Don, if you want to come, we're just going to step into... We've got, we've got a few minutes. Um... We can respond in any direction that we feel led. But is this... Do we feel like we're home? Do you feel like you're home? I think that there's a space to hear that invitation. The stories that Jesus tells about the way God treats his house is that it's all based around an invitation. Once you get an invitation, you're in. Right? And he has given this broad invitation to the worst of us. And so I think that might be a place to kind of step in and allow that question to resonate. Do I, have you heard the invitation of God into that place, not just to salvation, but to home, to belonging? Right? Um, and if anyone else, we're just going to sing a little bit. If anyone else feels like there's a word or something, feel free to come and to grab a mic and to share that. And if you need to head out, you can. But let's just create a space of response. Um, and and again, if you're if if you're not feeling that there's a specific thing to respond to, just respond to the Holy Spirit. Right? I think He wants to do stuff.